The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. is all you need. Love, 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 love. Yes, this is the month of love. And um, yes, next week is Valentine's Day. We've got that, that we're celebrating that. Oh my gosh, real soon. Holy moly. I can't believe it's here in February. And um, yeah, Monday is Valentine's Day. And um, it's an important day to be able to celebrate because it's all about love. And it's not just all about couple love. It's all about love, love, period. Um, It's very funny how Valentine's Day even started. I don't think most people even realize it. It was actually back in the Roman days, Pope Valentine, Pope Valentine, 
um, actually was a healer. And so um, he was healing couples and marrying couples. And the emperor at the time saw that the best soldiers were single soldiers, not married soldiers. So he wanted his military filled with single men because obviously the married men were concerned about their family and their spouses. So he made it illegal for men to get married. He made it illegal. <laughs> so, um, but Pope Valentine didn't like that idea. So he wound up marrying them, hidden, but still married the couples because he was just a romantic. And he believed that men should be with partners and should be married. And of course, Pope Valentine was caught and imprisoned and eventually died there. That, that's part of it. That's only part of it. And so as time went on, this Valentine, Pope Valentine, was made into a saint because while he was in prison and before he died, he healed some people. And that's one of the things that um, the Catholic religion canonizes and makes people into saints is when you can heal somebody. That's the old day what they did. So if you healed somebody because you were like Jesus then, you were made into a saint. So uh, Valentine became a saint. And the idea that he was a romanticist marrying couples went down in history. And so the celebration then just kept going on and on and on. Um, oh, man, I, I actually forgot why it was made. It was made back in Roman days, uh, February 14th. Eventually, there was another emperor who didn't mind that and actually made an official date of February 14th to celebrate St. Valentine and his romantic disposition and acts. Then, of course, comes the Middle Ages and they threw in, well, before they threw in the Middle Ages, just before, Cupid came around. You always figure out, well, how did Cupid become involved with Valentine's Day? And again, in actuality, it started later on in Roman history. Um, a lot of the Romans stole a lot of things from Greece. And in Greek mythology was the god of love, Eros, and he was the Greek god of love, this male god, and he would shoot golden arrows into people to stir up love. And so the Romans stole Eros and changed his name to Cupid. So Cupid came along, but Cupid was a man, an adult man with golden arrows. And it wasn't until the Middle Ages in England where there was a poet and the poet turned the adult male Cupid into a child, chubby child angel. 
cherub. And so Cupid morphed from an adult male with no wings to a chubby little child cherub with wings. And so that's how Cupid came along. It really is amazing when you look into the history of the days that we celebrate, even Santa Claus, if it wasn't for Coca-Cola and America, we would not have the current looking Santa Claus with the number of reindeer that flew. That was developed in America and Coca-Cola made Santa fat. (laughs) But before that, he was just a man with a very long coat. Maybe it was red. Um, I believe it was Denmark where Santa Claus originated. An actual St. Nicholas. But it was marketing and advertising that turned him into the Santa that we know today. And um, I don't know what the Middle Age... He was marketing his poem, I guess, and turned it, Cupid, into the chubby cherub. But it's amazing how it morphed. But that's where Valentine came from. And the idea of romance and love. And, And it's amazing because it's our souls. We don't know all the time how something develops but our soul helps to bring it to maybe where it's supposed to be or maybe in a better way of relating to it and so now it's not just about new couples getting married it's about all couples and in actuality it should be more than just all couples it should be each individual because we each have the male and female side within us so we should be naturally celebrating valentine's day as a single person or a coupled person because it's about love love of self and sharing that love remember it's not about getting love from another person it's about giving love and you give love starting with yourself So you love yourself and then you give love to others. And that's where the history of Valentine's Day came from, which I find amazing. I don't know how chocolate got involved in it other than, like I said, um, gifts that were geared more towards women. And women enjoy chocolate. We've talked about that. And so now that's where you got all the hearts filled with chocolate boxes and it's one of the biggest times of year for the chocolate industry is on Valentine's Day. But today's show, or the Stop Stopping Yourself show, and I am your host, Vincent Jenna, and I'm still coming to you live from Holly Spring, North Carolina. Today's show is about how you stop love from entering your life. You stop it. You block it. You sabotage it. You do. Um, for all those of you who are listening right now, and I, I know this is where this is where I aggravate a lot of people because people seem to think that they don't need to be in a loving relationship. And I have to tell you that it's mostly women who believe that. Mostly women. There are gender differences, just so that you know, okay? So I'm not being sexist because I'm male. I, I've studied psychology and the human mind and there are gender differences there are meant to be gender differences 
your orientation has nothing to do with the traits that comes with a female brain and female desires and interests. Men are typically, typically more physical. They were meant to be that way because they have the muscle structure to be that way. Now, I don't want any bodybuilding women coming up to me and proving me wrong by picking me up and, and, and flattening me out on the ground. I understand there are the outliers and that women can develop the muscles similar to men. However, that is not how the bodies, we structured them to be built. And it, that's why it stands to reason when we came in and we divided ourselves, we split, we put more of that physicality in the male body, more of the intuition in the female body. So, so yes, there are going to be gender differences. And one of the gender differences is that women can be on their own. Well, it stands to reason. Why can they be on their own? Why are they lonely hearts and and can't have any love for them? No, it's it's first of all they're used to being on their own socially from a very long time while the men were out gathering and hunting for food and protecting their villages and their families. Women were where they were at their in in the interior of their tribe and civilization. At home, shall we say. They were raising the children, taking care of the children, not only taking care of their children, they were taking care of each other's children. They were helping each other's neighbors. They were doing the home stuff that kept survival at home, whether it be sharing the food, making goods that they then helped each other have, clothing, whatever. They did all of that. And the men went out. They were away. So women were very used to being on their own. And I give them a lot of credit. Yes, they can be on their own. Men are raised differently. Statistically and scientifically, there is research that absolutely shows that male children are raised differently than female children. So why is it that men need women more than women need men? Well, it has been proven, particularly in the United States, that the male child, the mother stops breastfeeding sooner than a female child. I know that's like an outrageous and some of you mothers right there may be going, that's not true. I, I fed both of them equally or vice versa. It doesn't matter. I'm not talking about the outliers. I'm talking about the majority the majority of mothers stop breastfeeding now it could be because the male child becomes more physical and it's not as 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 easy to feed them i don't know but statistically male children stop breastfeeding sooner than the female child the next statistic is male children are pushed out of the nest sooner than a female child. Okay. Also, why? Male child is more rambunctious, maybe in the home. You know, mom is making dinner and there's male and female children there. What does she usually do? 
Boys, go out and play. Go out in the yard. I'm making dinner. You know? Um, honey, you stay here with me, the female child. You stay with he- me. Help mommy. Help mommy set the table. I mean, you know, children are trained into their social norms, too. And I'm not talking about maybe now. Maybe now um, mothers are turning. I know we did. We did not ever divide the chores up based on what was normal for the boys and based on what was normal for the girls. However, when they were old enough, it was easier for my son to mow the lawn than it was for my daughter to mow the lawn. So he shared in that with me. So what winds up happening then is the male child is pushed out of the nest sooner. So the male actually spends less time with the mother than the female child does. Then, of course, as time goes on and they reach puberty, the female child now has a shared special event that she can only share with the mother, and that is the menstrual cycle. The menstrual cycle psychologically pulls the daughter and the mother together on a different level because they share a common issue. And depending upon how the menstrual cycle is, you don't see fathers taking their daughters to the gynecologist. Mothers do that. So the bond is different. They become friendlier. Oh, mom, man, I'm having a horrible time this month. I know, honey, I've had some times. Why don't you use a cold compress? I know that used to help me. What? Men and boys don't talk about those things. Oh, dad, I'm having such a difficult time getting an erection. No, no, no. (laughs) They don't share that. They don't talk about that. So there is a different bond. Okay, so now they become adults. What does this all have to do with being adults? Well, a lot of women complain about their male partners as being more their children than their partners, especially when they're sick. Oh my goodness. I have to take care of him like I take care of my four and five year old. I hear it all the time. Why is that? It's because the male child never received the same amount of nurturing and therefore is constantly seeking it. And because of being pushed out of the nest sooner than the girls, They cannot see themselves without a female near them. Not only that, believe it or not, men are insecure about their relationships more than women are. It is true. There is a study out there. When I was in school and I came across this study, we actually studied it in class, and it was insane when I read this study. A hundred men and women were asked the exact same question based on the same scenario. Here's the scenario. 
if you, your spouse, and your young child are in a rowboat in the middle of the lake, and you're the only one who knows how to swim, and the boat capsizes, and your spouse and child and you fall out of the boat, who do you go to save first? Would you believe that that was asked just to, to, to study? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's studies on almost everything. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying out there, women. There's no thought process whatsoever. A matter of fact, if I remember the numbers right, over 80% of the women said what? I would save my child first. And 90% of the men said I would save my wife first. The follow-up question was, why? And of all the women who said I would save my child first, 100% of them said, I can always find another partner. Of the men who said that, that they would save their wives first, 100% percent of them said I could never find another wife I could never find another wife I could always make another baby but I could never find another wife so when you looking at at the guys out there and you're sitting and you're complaining about them understand where they're coming from they're so damn insecure about their relationships. Oh, oh, okay, I know, I hear. Well. Oh, well, then why do they go off and have affairs? It's not secure people that have affairs. It's insecure people that have affairs. The perfect reason why. Because if they're sitting there believing that this is the only woman who could love them, and then they seem to believe that this woman is bothered by them in some way, you know, maybe, I mean, I'm not saying that the, the husband can't be a jerk. You know, he can act like a jerk, right? And there could be legitimate reasons why the wife is upset with him. But this man unconsciously is thinking, uh, okay, she doesn't love me. She doesn't love me. I'm not lovable. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's out. You know, in Starbucks, getting a coffee and, you know, he's a little depressed because he just had a fight with his wife and a beautiful woman behind him is, is complimenting him and talking nice to him. And man, that is flaring him up and going, oh, wow, wow, wow. You see, somebody can love me. Somebody does think that I'm special and good. And it's all about that the defense mechanisms keep kicking in. And, and this woman making him feel good about himself, where his wife at home, he believed, was making him feel bad about himself. There you go, an affair. It isn't all about the penis. It's about the emotions and the feelings. And then the penis comes along because a man, yes, he notches his gun belt for every woman that he's been to bed with. Again, why? 
because he's so damn insecure about himself that every woman that he can get to go to bed with him, he thinks he's a real man. Why? Because he didn't have the right role model teaching him what it was to be a real man. Because he didn't have the right mother nurturing him into caring about his emotions and that there could be a more emotional connection with a woman. There is always a reason why we act like jerks. And that goes for women too. There's always a hurt reason. It always comes down to, I'm not lovable. Understand that. That is the problem in the world. That is the bottom problem. It has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with nationality. It has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with whatever you believe in. Other than if you believe, I'm not lovable. That's the bottom line. And that's what leads to every single problem in the world. I'm not lovable. So, yes, men seek out women right away. They don't know they're doing that. Remember, I said this is all unconscious. I have been working with thousands of people, men and women. Now, I have been very fortunate. I created my my statistics here are 50% men, 50% women come to me. That's unheard of with psychics. But I have a a great relationship with the men because I do understand them and they come to me and I help them with their issues. So I get 50% of my clients are men and 50% are women. And I've dealt with thousands of them now over the past 40 years, almost 40 years. So I hear it. I hear it all the time. And I bring them down. Remember, I'm not just listening to their defense mechanisms. Oh, my bitchy wife. Oh, she's always complaining. Oh, my husband, he's such an an a-hole. I don't listen to that. (laughs) That's not what I'm listening to. I would be a terrible psychic if I listened to their defense mechanism complaints. I go within them to find out what they're feeling about themselves that even led up to that point. And they don't feel so good. But the difference is then what happens with a woman is she gets tired of the bad relationships. I had them. I can't deal with it anymore. I don't need to. I'm tired of thinking, no, I've got, whether it be 40-year-old women, but of course, the older they are, the more they think they don't need a partner, that they could be alone. I'm fine being alone. Matter of fact, I love coming home and only having to think about myself. That is baloney. I will tell you right to your face, liar. You think that you like that. I have no greater job. You know what? When I'm sitting down at a meal and I'm enjoying an incredible steak I just grilled off the barbecue, do you know the first thing I ask? Hey, honey, are you enjoying the steak? And if she tells me, oh, it's a little overdone or, oh, man, oh, let me get you another one, hon. Because I feel such joy when she's enjoying herself. Well, it's time, apparently. I've got to, got a commercial coming up here. I'll see you on the other side of the commercial break. Stay with me.
Discover the power within. UnityOnlineRadio.org The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Welcome back, everybody. And if you're just joining me, we are talking about why we push away love, that you don't love, you don't allow yourself to truly attract the the person that you deserve. You attract the person that you believe you are without knowing you believe that way. If you don't believe you are lovable, you are not going to attract the right partner. And that goes for a man and a woman. And we were just talking about on the previous side of the commercial break about how men cannot be without partners. So they will always be looking for a partner if they lose one, either through death or breakup or divorce. Whereas women can very easily convince themselves that they are capable of living alone for the rest of their lives. And, and the interesting thing, we talked about men and their insecurities um, I was just talking with um, Louis, the tech person, about how guys feel so insecure about themselves. The majority of them won't even admit that. And they won't admit, but look at the way they act, everybody. Let, 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 just look at there. No matter who you are listening to me, male or female, how many times do you catch men that are in a relationship looking at other women? all the time or possibly looking at other men they do it all the time it oh it doesn't mean anything honey it doesn't mean anything and you always have the girlfriend or the wife smack the guy in the head hey stop that's it right but now if the female partner is talking with another man or looking at another man how does he respond He's ready to beat the crap out of the other guy. He would rather beat the crap out of his partner for looking, but instead he gets mad at the other guy for flirting. Hey, this is my wife. How did the other guy know? She's looking at me. I'm not saying anything or doing anything, right? But it doesn't matter. You know, he over-responds. Why does he respond that way? He responds that way because their biggest insecurity is that they're always going to lose their partner. That's why they act dominating and in control. Is because they fear that many, many men, I don't know if all of them, I know the ones that I've spoken with and as clients, they have told me they've had nightmares about their partners leaving them. I know I did. I did for the longest time. And then in having a conversation with my brother about that, he told me he did too. Well, we came from the same background and unnurtured, nurturing mother. So yeah, we didn't think we were deserving. A matter of fact, a matter of fact, my own mother told my wife in a very early years of marriage, if you ever leave my son, I'll understand why. That's what my mother said to my wife, to my wife, only after a couple of years of marriage. Not because I was a bad guy, but she thought I was a very unstable guy because I was an actor at the time and I didn't have a stable career. Because I was an actor. I, I was an actor. That was a career. That's what I was going after. Never understood that. 
So she understood. So the entire family, both sides, always sided with my wife. I understand. I understand if you're upset with him. And she never, ever, ever complained to them about me. So you don't understand what goes on out there, but I understand it. So therefore, I understand why people stop love. They don't want to experience that. I'm tired. But here's another statistic I give you that contradicts all of that. And it was done by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, was a psychologist who really pioneered the understanding of death, dying, and bereavement. Matter of fact, the the world understanding that we have today about it, she started it with all her research. And one of the things that she found out, which always amazed me, and I can completely understand, is when she asked people, and she did more than, it was more than just one research, as hundreds and hundreds of peer-reviewed researches and journalized researches that were performed with the same exact results. When they ask people, what is your greatest fear about dying? What is your greatest fear about dying? Now, many people would think, well, how they die? I don't want to die in pain. I don't want to drown. I don't want to burn to death. You would think that would be the number one fear. It's not. The number one fear of dying is dying alone, unpartnered, not in a loving relationship, dying alone. Not even about not having friends there. No, not having a partner. That is the number one fear that the majority of the people in the world, humans, fear is dying alone. So if that's the number one fear, how on earth then can the normal human accept and believe that it's okay to be alone? It's not. It's not, because the soul knows otherwise. We came from oneness. We set it up this way to try to get back to the oneness, and we can't even get, and that oneness includes a whole bunch of other brothers and sisters. We can't even get it together with one brother or sister, no less everybody else. That's why we even set it up down here to learn how to do that, not to complete ourselves, but to allow ourselves to evolve greater by not just enjoying ourselves on our own vacations or enjoying ourselves reading our own books or enjoying ourselves watching our own TV programs, but enjoying our company, our partner while we're doing that, sharing in that. Oh, my wife loves some romantic books that she'll read when she has a chance or actually audio books. But for the most part, we enjoy listening to them together. I will specifically watch programs with her together. What do you want to watch tonight, hon? Anything that I like that she doesn't like, she doesn't like anything that makes her heart beat fast. So if there's any stress in it whatsoever, she won't watch it. I will. So guess what? I wait until she goes to bed. 
or if I have time on my own, if she's having, you know, dinner with the girls, I'll watch my programs then. But for the most part, I'm watching them with her because partnership allows you to experience joy twice as much. So you may be consciously aware of that. But what you don't understand is that if you're not with a partner now, you are unconsciously pushing away the most natural trait on this planet. And that is attraction and love. We are social beings. We need to be together. We purposely separated ourselves in order to draw ourselves together. So it is only natural, like two magnets magnetized to each other. You actually have to be pushing away partners. Eight billion people are on the face of the earth. Eight billion And I go through, I've been doing interviews all month now, um, the past couple of weeks, about my relationship program, attracting perfect love and partnership and maintaining it. All you need is love. Attract and maintain the perfect relationship. And I talk about the myths that are getting in the way of, of people attracting. And I talk about um, why we're pushing away people. And it's some of the beliefs that we have certainly are the defense mechanisms that we've developed. You'll understand that my book is coming out real soon. The secret that's holding you back, it'll be available within the next couple of weeks to pre-order on Amazon. The release date is June 21st, but it explains all of that. It explains all of the unconscious things that are going on, those hidden beliefs those maladaptive beliefs that I, I say are, are hiding and being shielded and suppressed and repressed in what I call the environment-made mind, which is a, a separate portion of your mind that holds on to these negative beliefs. And then an adult-made mind winds up developing as you mature that harbors all your defense mechanisms and creates new ones in order to keep you from feeling the pains coming from the environment-made mind beliefs, the maladaptive beliefs. I'm not lovable. I'm not deserving. I'm not good enough. And it's those defense mechanisms that shielding those inner beliefs that are keeping you from attracting love. Because one of the defense mechanisms is I could live on my own. That's a complete defense mechanism. Like I just said, your soul knows otherwise. And it's saying, no, you can't. I don't want to be alone. But the adult-made mind is creating this, no, don't need to go through that. I've been through it two times, three times, four times, five times. 
Elizabeth Taylor is laughing at everybody. She was married nine times, and we all criticized her and laughed at her. Well, guess what? People are in relationships and breaking up even more times than her. And she's looking back and saying, yeah, sure, you all laughed at me. Look at you. We don't know how to maintain relationships anymore, primarily because we are not taking care of the issue. I'm not lovable. That's the issue. I'm not lovable. And so, yeah, you create the understanding. I'm older and I'm set in my ways. I don't need to share myself. Baloney. BS. Oh, my God. The biggest bunch of baloney you feed yourself. And, and they're all abusive. They're all abusive. They're all abusive. They're all abusive. They're all critical. Men have all their complaints about women. Women have all their complaints about men. It's all nonsense. It's all about defense mechanisms. And if a person is acting in that way, it's because the two of you have not been growing. You've done nothing to grow and evolve. And so what winds up happening is you stagnate. Souls want to grow. And the whole purpose we created, the male and female genders, is so that we can grow. Whether we're with a male and male, female, female, them and them, it doesn't matter. We did that in order to grow. So when two come together and there is no growth, all that internal energy combusts. It's just sitting in there and rolling and rolling and agitating. And then life comes along and all of the crap that's going on in life and it feeds into that rumbling within you. And so, yes, it stirs around and it brings to the surface all the stuff that you've been harboring from when you were a kid. And so that every time your partner said something, un, you know, innocently, that pushes a button from when you were a kid, it stirs up, see, I'm not lovable. See, I'm not good enough. See, she doesn't love me. I'm not worthy. And then the defense mechanism is anger and anger builds up or they shut down and there's no talking. How many times do I hear people say he doesn't talk to me? He doesn't talk to him. It's not you, but you're taking it personally. He doesn't talk to himself because he's afraid of his emotions. Ladies, please, please be compassionate. Men don't know how to nurture themselves because they weren't taught how. They don't know how to deal with their emotions. And women, you're not natural at it. You have to be taught how to deal with yours. So it's good that you're emotional. Teach each other. Help each other. And the way you help each other is by helping yourself and do the work. So in other words, if you've got a male who is shut down and doesn't want to share himself with you emotionally, and you're not a victim, understand that there is a part of you that is doing the same thing with yourself. Use your partners as a reflection of what you need to heal within yourself, no matter what is going on with that partner. Now, that's not to say that you're not healed and that it's time to move on because he's not doing any healing or vice versa. She's not doing any healing. Of course, that will happen and can happen, but not as much as it's happening now. Nobody is doing their own internal work and then saying that they think you think you are. You're not. 
So whatever your complaint is about your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your them friend, go within and find out where that complaint lies inside of you. Oh, well, wait a minute. I didn't cheat on him. He cheated on me. Oh, yes, you do cheat on yourself. You cheat on yourself all the time. How many times? You're supposed to be married to your intuition. Do you know that? Every single person is supposed to be married to their intuition. How many times do you ignore your intuition and decide to go off with your human left brain and leave your intuition behind? You have an affair on your intuition by just going off with your own mind or with what somebody else said. That's an affair too. Do you share your feelings with a friend and not your partner? That's an affair. Don't use sex as the only excuse to call an affair an affair. There's emotional affairs too. And both sides can have an emotional affair. But go within. I don't care. Oh, wait. All right. All right. But he's physical. He pushed me. He hit me. Not acceptable, but how many times do you hit yourself? Maybe emotionally. Oh, I can't believe how stupid I am and that I did that. Damn it. That's why I didn't get the promotion. That's why I didn't get that job because I said something so stupid. Don't tell me you don't do that. Oh my God, I'm getting so fat. Look at me. I look horrible in that outfit. Look at, look at my face. Look at these damn wrinkles. I need some Botox injections. You don't slap yourself around? Why, just because the male may do it physically that yours is any less painful? No, you understand what I'm trying to say is that no one person is at blame for hurting the other person. We hurt ourselves here. We're just using them to manifest it physically. I don't condone any hurting. So I'm not sitting here saying, oh, so, so it's okay that women are in domestic violent situations. No, of course not. Get out of the domestic violent situation and then get out of you being violent with yourself. And if you don't believe that, let's go to another scientific research. As a social worker, I have worked with other practitioners and colleagues who work in Interact, Interact in North Carolina, and, it's, and I believe that there are other chapters around the country. Interact is where women can find safe haven if they are in domestic violence situations. So if they're married to somebody or they're in a partnership and that partner is abusive in any way, whether it be emotional or physical, and the social worker tries to sit down and say, okay, obviously he's not going to change. He's been doing this to you. You've got to get out of the relationship. And do you know what the woman says? It's not his fault. I make him mad. So she smacks herself down. Smacks herself down. Do you know that the research behind that is that 80% of women who come from fathers 
who are either emotionally or physically abusive, 80% of them attract abusive males into their lives. Now, psychologists and psychiatrists know that understanding. They don't understand how that's working. But we do because of the law of attraction. You see, if you grow up, I said, the two things you learn from your parents growing up is whether you're lovable and how to love yourself. And the pattern and the way you are treated is the way you will treat yourself good, bad, or different. So therefore, if you're in a relationship, if your father was abusive in any way, that is the pattern and how you treat yourself. So you will attract an abusive male because one, it's all you're used to. And two, because you believe I'm not lovable. And the second part of that then is I deserve this. And so you will attract an abusive partner. So don't tell me that it's just about the guy. And it's not just about the woman. It's about the self and what the self believes. You can let go of all of this. You can acknowledge. You can attract. If you're single right now, by Monday, you absolutely can attract somebody in your life when you turn around and you tell that little kid inside of you, no more. We are lovable. You are lovable. You are wonderful. It doesn't take another human being to convince you of that. It takes you. It doesn't take another person to treat you lovingly that to make you worth love. It takes you and the understanding that you come from something greater, something divine, something magnificent. You're automatically lovable. And if you wound up choosing parents when you decided to come down and incarnate here that didn't treat you that way, it is your job. It is your journey now to treat you that way, to feed what you weren't fed when you were younger, to reparent yourself, to re-nurture yourself, to bring to the surface all of the hurts and the pains that you have to release them and to tell yourself how untrue they are about you. I am lovable. I know you feel I'm not lovable, honey, but you are lovable. You're magnificent and you're wonderful. And yes, maybe you were in bad situations. And yes, maybe your parents, your boyfriend, your spouses, your partners were abusive. Maybe your neighbors were, maybe your boss was, but it doesn't matter. It does not take away who you are as a soul, a divine soul. I am lovable. That is your cure. If you said that a hundred times a day between now and Sunday, on Monday, you are going to run into either your princess or your knight in shining armor or your them, whichever one you want to run into. You will attract to you if you kept convincing yourself how lovable you are. You can't help it. You pass almost 100 people a day. Of course, the pandemic has separated us and put us in all times out because all we've been doing is complaining about each other. And so now all of a sudden, a, a virus comes along that separates everybody. Well, how convenient is that? Being punished because of the way we're acting towards each other. And we created the punishment. <clears throat> we created the punishment. Not the universe, not God, nobody else. We are the punishment. Right now, we have been punishing ourselves because this isn't the way we're supposed to be acting. Now, we're not supposed to punish ourselves either. We're supposed to be learning from it. But think about it. People are hating being apart. Well, you hated being together before. 
somebody bumped into you, you'd punch them in the face or start arguing with them. Holy crap. Now you're upset because you can't be together with each other anymore. You can't go out. You can't socialize the same way. Yes, you can. Caring, lovingly. Go. Go out into the world, caring and lovingly. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated. For God's sakes. You're being tested. You're testing yourself. And draw and attract love, perfect love. No, you're not going to attract your soulmate because there is no such a thing. There are no soulmates. Yes, you may have had a relationship with a soul in previous lifetimes, but that is not your soulmate. God did not make that person for you, nor did you. You turned the relationship into a soulmate relationship. Now, there's a challenge for you. Don't look for your soulmate. Make a soulmate. And you do that by evolving together. Growing together, taking care of your issues together. My wife is my soulmate because we both created that. We worked on ourselves. We still do. I adore her even in my greatest anger I've ever had towards her. It is soon wiped away because of the love I have for her because that's what love does. So it is joyous, it's wonderful. I am not dying alone. I am gonna be dying somewhere around either before or after or maybe at the same time with my soulmate because I created that and so did she and so can you. It's an incredible joy, it's not tiring. I love thinking about what to make my wife for dinner, just the same as she loves thinking about me. When she is deciding to go on a diet, I go on that diet with her to make it easier for her. And I can always lose some poundage. So think about that. A hundred times, I am lovable between now and Valentine's Day. And I will see you next week after Valentine's Day. And I want to hear you having a romantic time. And if you're not with somebody, then have a damn love affair with yourself because you deserve it. This is Vincent Jenna, the Stop Stopping Yourself show. Stop stopping yourself from experiencing unconditional love. Start with you. I will talk with you next week. Everybody, happy Valentine's Day. Happy love. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>